Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We did Spawn Batman. Let's do Batman Spawn, Jimmy. But first, I want to invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell icon so that we can notify you when new videos are available. That helps mitigate the Kayfabe effect, which is what happens whenever we uh, release a video, talk about something early in the morning, by midday, early afternoon, uh, the stuff that we talk about is becomes prohibitively expensive on the aftermarket. Amazon, eBay, your local comic shop. Uh, I don't think you're in much fear of uh, this this book going into uh, some sort of kayfabe effect. Uh, but regardless, we do talk about stuff that becomes pretty expensive the day after we chat about it. Also, if you watch these videos to the very end, that uh, pushes our video content out to other YouTube viewers who dig comics. It helps us grow our subscriber base. It's something we appreciate a lot. And uh, we still have a long road to go, man, because we're, we only have uh, 62,000 subscribers. And we've really been uh, shooting for a goal of 6.2 million subscribers uh, on the YouTube uh, channel. Also, Jimmy and I are going to be at Heroes Con uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina at the end of the month. So if you are going to be there, if you are in the Kayfabe audience, and if you have... Uh, one of those uh, cartoonist kayfabe shirts. We need to see you fly the flag when we're uh, there at the uh, convention center there in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Jimmy, without further ado, let's crack open Batman Spawn. Uh, give a look at uh, Klaus Jansen's artwork. Uh, how many uh, how many job guy writers does it take to, uh, <laughs> to to write a Batman Spawn comic? The answer is all of them. The ones who were writing the uh, regular title. Uh, I believe we read somewhere Denny O'Neill tossed a bone to his guys. You know, Denny O'Neill was the bat editor. Uh, he knew at the height of uh, the, the sort of royalty game, the incentive game, that this was going to sell some copies. So he had all his writers touch it a little bit. Not going to let Jim Aparo or like one of those guys draw the thing. We're going to let Klaus do it. There's that Dark Knight connection. Frank Miller did the writing ch chops on uh, Spawn Batman. Let's get the other uh, Dark Knight artist to, to, to draw this thing. Interesting that we don't see an editor's uh, credit <laughs> here in the inside credits. Yeah, Denny O'Neill's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want my name anywhere than <laughs> this thing. I'm, I'm hooking you guys up. It's all you. Um, Todd Klein on lettering. So you got an A-lister there. Steve Bucciolato doing color separations. So Klaus doing art and colors. I mentioned that because the the version of this that I read was pretty dark color-wise and I was blaming like early you know color separation as being the reason for that having black probably mixed in with that CMY mixture yeah um, but I'll say this that this page looks a lot better than the version I read so maybe maybe this will be pretty sharp I like Jansen doing art and colors that's pretty cool it's uh, we, we got some insight into that game uh, the division between computer color separator and colorist when we were interviewing uh, Rob Liefeld about Youngblood 6 and he was talking about how it was like the technical guys knew how to use the tools yes. in the computer so he talked about investing in good color guide guys uh, guys that could put it down on a piece of paper give a reference to these you know glasses wearing <clears throat> nerds that makes total who, sense who to are me. using these computer the technical guys you know it's the same problem in the 1990s with the desktop publishing uh, graphic design game where it's technical dudes putting blue type on blue backgrounds and you can't there's like a couple of years where you can't read magazines right you you see it right here like this first splash page background that's some weird stuff yeah totally so definitely you know i wonder how close klaus jansen is working with uh Bucciolato in terms of like can you do this or this is what i have in mind <laughs> they're looking at what kiko does and 
Steve B's like, oh, yeah, no, no problem, man. I got that. Clouds, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, this is what spits out. Yeah, I do wonder because, like, some of this stuff gets into, like, grays. <laughs> <laughs> Time to pay some bills. Ed Piscor and I are working cartoonists. The best way to support cartoonist kayfabe? Buy our comic books. Red Room, trigger warnings. Issues one through three now available in comic shops everywhere, barring uh, 28 countries and I think 11 comic shops where it's banned. But you can ask for this and order it from virtually any comic shop. Who knows? They might pull them out from under the covers. Red Room Trigger Warnings 3, the second season of Red Room. Every Red Room cover self-contained, so pick up whichever one you find and it, you'll get a complete story. Along with Red Room Anti-Social Network, the trade paperback of the first season available now wherever books and comics are sold. Hulk Grand Design, Monster Madness, a retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I am writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, the whole shebang, the Grand Design way. And this is available now in comic shops everywhere. Both issues, the complete story of the Incredible Hulk's rich history. Pick that up now wherever comics are sold. And back to our regular scheduled programming. Looking for a new way to enjoy your favorite comics and manga? Comixology Unlimited has you covered. With Comixology Unlimited, you get an unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, manga, and graphic novels, featuring content from over 125 publishers and thousands of independent creators from around the world. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial and then just $5.99 a month afterwards. For details, visit Amazon.com slash Comixology Unlimited. Does this comic place Gotham City in North Carolina? Huh. I didn't even think about that. Because this is Roanoke Island, North Carolina. Uh, I went down a rabbit hole of reading about the... I guess I never thought about it before reading this. The first time I read it was for, it's for this channel. Had this comic for, yes. forever. Um, but Virginia Dare is a real person. And it was the first like European settled baby to be consummated there's there's a couple others that might have come a little earlier or something but you know the first kind of european kid built, born on american soil and as part of that like roanoke colony that just disappeared one day and this is the part where it's like are you telling us that gotham is in north yeah, carolina that, it really looks that way right yeah yeah i think wow. we're learning some things Never thought of that. How about that cityscape, dude? Klaus, uh, the cool thing about Klaus doing this whole piece is you can really see what his contribution is to the ink game with like Frank Miller and stuff. When you see this, like you see cityscapes that kind of have that sporadic kind of energy. Yeah, he's he's amazing. I, I was reading this and I was thinking, why didn't he just be a pencil? Like, why would he ink other people's work? Yeah. Because clearly he doesn't need to do that. So then it made me wonder, like, you know, next time we talk to him, that would be something I'd be curious about. I do want to speak to him again soon and go through some comics with him. Yeah, it'd be great. A lot of dirigibles in uh, the Gotham City. What's the function of those other than just, like, tourist sightseeing type stuff? Is that it? It makes me wonder if this is supposed to be some sort of, like, alternative world or something. If it, Spawn is in there with Batman, if that if that gives you some leeway in terms of, I don't know, it's in the Gotham cartoon. being somewhere odd. You know, like, like it's in the cartoon, there's always blimps and stuff. It's hard to interpret that as anything but Watchmen yeah. in a DC comic. It, and it feels old-timey. It, it, it roots Gotham City in, into, like, some throwback 1920s type shit. So we got a guy here trying to figure out, trying to track somebody down. Yeah. And, of course, it's uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, incognito. And uh, 
getting a hot tip on the guy he's looking for. Interesting proportions on this on this Batman, huh? I really like the leg muscles here. That one looks. That looks like an extra teardrop. You know, like the teardrop, the inside leg muscle. Uh -huh. It looks like that's an extra one or something, but because it feels like that's what this is. Having, you have two of them. Having the radial blur, just it feels so much rounder and things. But yeah, I think looking at that Batman is about where I come on board and go, oh yeah, why does this guy doesn't need a penciler? Right. He's just pencil everything he needs. <laughs> I can't tell you how offended I was, man, by anybody's interpretation of Spawn other than Todd McFarlane's, like when I was a kid. And I saw this and I'm like, that is not a good meatball head Spawn. I freaking love it. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it looks good to me now. But you're right. I didn't buy this back then, so I must have passed some uh, hard judgment. Came in a two-pack uh, at... Toys R Us for me. This and uh, Spawn Batman. I wonder if this cityscape is coming out of a photo reference because there, there's like a severe angle on that. I love how it looks. I can't imagine making that up. I mean, it is like, I feel like it's a manageable three-point perspective. Like where the vanishing point isn't that far down, you know? I don't know. It looks cool. It does look cool. And you have like the curve of the damn earth. Right, yeah. And I wonder if this is a this building is referenced like from from something real because you see it in several angles and it has a lot of the same oh, right. pieces yeah it could be there's also um there's a lot of drawing in this comic yeah and i wonder if that's conscious like we're getting detailed backgrounds on things you know one of the knocks on image of course they don't draw backgrounds it's all pinups so i wonder if some of that stuff's like conscious what they're trying to do with their version some more of that ollie optics want to be uh color on the back there I like that color I think that's a pretty good effect it's interesting to see because I think he's inked those clouds yeah you know like they're being treated like color holds it's it's so cool to see uh what spawn looks like drawn by like a, a real cartoonist you know like a classic kind of cartoonist that that uh has some knowledge of anatomy and and who is plugged into the mainstream it's kind of like when you see like the um the George Perez spawn mm -hmm. pinup or something where it's like Okay, so if he was a DC superhero or something, this is what, what it would look like. This is a great color choice. You wonder if he has that in mind whenever he's uh, when he's drawing it. Right? He does that shit, you know? Like, he will do that. And just decimating ahead because it's the 1990s. This is, this is, a, this is as na naughty as, like, DC... Con like, this was probably a conversation because DC is so square, you know? And it's like... Ah, fuck it. Go ahead. Yeah, they had to lean into it. <laughs> They're going to have enough trouble competing with Frank Miller and Todd McFarlane. Like, you can't make it PG. And this is, the story is, that's Al Simmons. This is, that's in the past, right? That's yeah. Al Simmons shooting this guy who was going to be the architect, or who is the architect of this building. Yes. Some of the Biff Bam Pow kind of uh, fight sequences. <laughs> like nothing, right? Just dusting these dudes. Little Terry and the Pirates. Bet that's not in the script. Todd Klein ain't bad at doing his Tom Wurzakowski yeah. uh, approach. Yeah, it's funny to think of them like piecing together how to do Spawn from the first 10 or 12 issues of Spawn. Doesn't seem like that would be easy. And we've got a skeleton coming back to life. No, not just being reanimated, but like getting some damn skin and stuff put on him. Look at that little ghost cat. <laughs> yeah. And then just more bodies coming out. The guy who got his cap peeled is coming back to life. Little nod to Dark Knight, would you say? Sure. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, Spawn just on the street 
not being hassled by one citizen of Gotham. <laughs> People just imagine, walking by. Imagine walking by something that looked like that. <laughs> just another day in Gotham, man. Wonder if that's the future of fashion, like with cosplay being so popular in Marvel Universe and superheroes. Like, like <laughs> start a, seeing people like this Harajuku down the girls. I, dude, I was actually I was riding bikes like two days ago, and there was a uh, two two full bore uh, furries that were uh, on bikes as well. Ni Ninety degrees, man, in Southside in the heat with that's full rough. costumes and tails. I was like, man, is is uh, Anthrocon like going on? Jackass stunt or something. <laughs> Why do they do Anthrocon in the summer, by the way? Because they there's the, the gluttons for punishment. Pheromones, the pheromones in that or costume, something. man. More odiferousness. Uh, our guy who comes back from the dead, setting bombs and five points. We saw that five pointed star. Uh, sacrifices were made in the past, so we're we're connecting this guy with the guy who disappeared, the Roanoke. Uh, I love community. that you're you're gonna we're, we're gonna try to explain the story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he sacrificed a hundred people, a community of a hundred people, some years back. Now he's gonna sacrifice a couple thousand. That's right. That's the whole deal. And that that guy this that he kills, this is the guy that that Bruce Wayne was looking for earlier, had the confrontation with the security guards with. And now he's gone. I do wonder if this, if this creator thing, if that really, if that was like carved into a tree in the old Roanoke. Valley. That is part of the story. I don't know about like in here. They say it's above, higher than a human could reach. I have no idea about that. Yeah. But, but yeah, that word was definitely left at the uh, scene. Some more ollie optics. This is a more. Uh, if I had to put the influence on somebody, I would say it's more of a Ruben Rude rather than a Kiko Taganashi, <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I think of all the great outlaw blood that we've looked at on this channel, and that's that's not the best. You know, and some of it looks all right. Like, the splatter there to me looks okay, but some that of that other class. stuff is not not as effective. Yeah, I mean, this this is red paint blood of, like, Dawn of the Dead, where it looks like red, red candle yeah. wax. I was, yeah, candle um, wax, the, something the, thick. For the, on YouTube, four-hour discuss, discussion between Elon Roth <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino about horror movies, and this conversation segues into the six different kinds of blood that are used in, in, in feature wow. films, because you need to have a certain blood that goes on wood, a certain blood that goes on metal, and you can't cross-pollinate because it'll just look like water or nothing on, on certain surfaces. That's real craftsman. Pretty cool. Right there. Pretty cool. <laughs> I like this face. I like the lines that Klaus are using, the ink lines he's using there. Sometimes whenever I see thinner ink lines like that, especially on Spawn, I wonder if that's intentional to sort of be a nod to the drawing styles and techniques of uh, McFarland. Yeah, sure. And there you go. That's what you buy it for, right? Yeah, like Klaus just really making Spawn his own. You know, doing his own thing. You're right, dude. You're absolutely right. Put up, put up that because I was just thinking that, man. I was just thinking. <laughs> I was thinking more of Savage Dragon, uh, Megaton Man, but this one is is what's available. Yeah, it's the it's the formula. This is how you do a crossover, everybody. <laughs> you know, because that's that's almost not far from like a uh, Megaton Man. There's something weird happening. It's perfect. There. It's perfect. There's something. This is the same stuff like, uh, you know, we were talking about stop motion movies and like, just pull the camera back 10 feet and you've got a totally different scene. This is that. Like if you pulled it back long enough, if it was not an extreme perspective and foreshortening and you looked at those two figures, you would never stop shaking your head. <laughs> Kayfabe everywhere on here. Yeah, you know, you know what it makes me think is that- I love it though. I like it much better than if it was like, no, no, this is realistic anatomy. No, yeah, sure. But the, the sort of way the proportions are off in the way that they are suggests to me that uh, Klaus 
was laying it out on the complete, you know, like at this scale. <laughs> I love that Be- this is a reference. <laughs> because when, you, when you're drawn this big, you're, what's your field of view with the human eye as you're focusing Fair. and drawing, sure. right? So uh, oftentimes what people will do is compose these kind of images on like a eight and a half by 11 piece of typing paper. You turn it landscape size, cut it down the middle. You draw your thing, you draw it small. Then you could blow it up, light box the proportions. You get all the proportions right small because that field of view is more manageable than uh, 28, no, well, 17 inches by 22 inches. Right. That's tough. And, and if I had to guess, that's what he did here because there's some crazy stuff happening. Well, let's move on to the move. This is a hard spawn kick right in the nuts, right? I was I was thinking like hip pointer, like lower stomach, because the foot is coming up, right? Uh, man, I feel like so that, that, heel, that heel is going right into the crotch. See, the part that fucks it up is the thighs of this leg is way yeah. down. All right, maybe he dodges it. This is just a solar plexus. <laughs> <laughs> and hitting that damn hip pointer. Where's the artist edition of this? That'd be fascinating to see. Because these crazy marks that, that Klaus uses, he, like I've been watching uh, Dave Cho on his Instagram just, just using those weird C nibs and just puts a line down and is just holding the pen however he holds it and just like allowing these kind of right. lines to happen. I love this kind of stuff. It's 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 interesting to me because I feel bits of Sienkiewicz or mm-hmm. something in like, I, it's not an organic line, but it is something that's like tool dependent, maybe holding it funny, letting it, drag or catch organics the, the word i i use with this kind of line if you saw this just in black and white this chain with this little spatter right there i'm thinking jim ma food right modern day jim ma food yeah yeah and he uses some interesting nibs and like flat tips and stuff to get Tooth some really brushes. cool line work i often i was thinking about it this week it's like work out as much as you can and sort of the penciling building shapes kind of step and then ink it as fast as you can yeah I think that's that's like something that, that he's put to practice most of his career. He does this kind of thing a lot where it's like the whole face is in shadow for Batman, and I think that looks really cool. Yeah, man. A lot of splatter there, too. Oh, yeah. It's a 90s baby. wonder if this is a fun thing to draw. Is this Klaus having fun? That's a good question. We brought it up. Like, it was funny in the, in the shoot interview because he was talking about, oh, every... Everybody's always saying that comics is going to die in five years, but you know, I've never seen it. And I'm like, Klaus, you were at the top of many bubbles. <laughs> You're the guy who worked on Dark Knight. You still must be getting checks for that. Like you drew, like you inked Punisher Warzone 1 when number ones meant something. Like, I'm sure there was like some good royalties with that. You drew Batman Spawn. There had to be crazy royalties for that. He's like, ah, but you and everybody forgets. I was a part of Nightfall, and that's, <laughs> and that's still paying. Like the 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 Batman gets a spine broke stuff. Like, of course that stuff has never stopped being in print, and he gets a royalty check for that. Did about two issues, I think. Yeah. This is another one of those three point perspective where the where the right. vanishing point is real low. And then you have the horizons. I like that panel. You know, there've been a few of those where it's very simple, but it reads so well. Doesn't it look like he's waxing his Batmobile? <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> Working at the car wash. The thing about uh, Klaus's superheroes, they're always straining those muscles. They're always flexing those muscles. Always. There's never like a non-flexed muscle. I love he has to create like the uh, some kind of visual demo. Like, 
Look how this star fits over the map. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to like sixth grade uh, arts and crafts. It's always, uh, you know, he is the, the Dark Knight detective. You always yeah, gotta have your little detective piece. Looks like Spawn filling in the gap. Well, Spawn, Spawn is a, a government uh, secret agent. You That's know? true. Very He's got smart. a little extra. It's so funny to say government secret agent and then cut to this scene. <laughs> it's just like kayfabe secret agent stuff. Totally. <laughs> Green keyboards and shit. The X-Files. <laughs> Love it. Oh boy. There it is, dude. This is Straight out of From Hell. Satanic. More dirigibles visible, though. And of course, he's a tool of Satan. He was born with red hair. I don't think you get that coloring effect if you're not the uh, artist. That's it's a, a bold question. choice. You know? a, it's like, a pretty bold choice. And I bet you half the time the colorist gets bitched at then by the artist. So they're probably like, you know what? Straightforward. There is a chilling effect for sure for sure but when you see this hard stuff like there's many examples in old, old mechanical comics that that have like that castle lighting. oh yeah yeah people do it but i think it works really well but yeah. i just think that like, i can i could see people also not doing it mm -hmm. maybe it depends how rushed the colorist is too you know if they have some time to think about what they're doing maybe they go for it how about our walking dead here dude cutting in trees with white media here's your full moon zine right up there yes that's a nice page. There's a lot of cool stuff going on there. Totally. That's the kind of page like uh, in old old school comics publishing, you could recycle that into a good horror comic. Go totally different <laughs> right, direction. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> use it twice. Paste up your lettering so you can use it again. Good money shot of our two uh, title characters. This looks all Steve Buccioletto, huh? Like I don't recognize very many uh, Clousy and Marks. Yeah, I think those Starbursts are uh, done in color. I always take this for granted too. Like Klaus does such good buildings yeah. and they're often, you know, like you don't, as a fan, I didn't spend much time on a panel like that, but it looks really good. If you do stop and look, it's like, oh yeah. How about yeah, that groove, man? Hitting them with the Aussies. <laughs> Blind to them. Ronnie James Dio's right in the jibs. Man, quite a wind up for it too. But it didn't go in deep enough, man, because the dude's still alive. His eyes are just taxed. That's a pretty wild. There's a lot of drawing throughout this issue that I'm impressed by. A POV shot of Spawn. Looking down at his cod piece. You know, I like that coloring too. Like all the masses just being that pink magenta color. It's that thing too where like we've seen examples of like what this would look like from Klaus Janssen on like Baxter paper with these same kind of colors. And it makes me kind of miss it. You know, seeing it in this computer separated filtered kind of way it looks so much better than i remembered is. though you know like i've looked at this comic before and not bought it and it's usually because i uh, don't like how it's printed but i think this looks pretty good look at that dude it, i like, like that like kurtzman or something it's just a curved hand just banging down on a button yeah even the uh the spawn design on there though almost looks like some religious symbol mm-hmm Look at it! It really is an evolution of Kurtzman. Mm -hmm. This kind of he uses swoop. these big fat lines, Klaus Janssen, I mean, uh, which I associate with Kurtzman. I like that big fat line. And man, that guy's occult powers back from the dead, just destroying Batman. He ain't playing. No. He ain't playing at all. Stuff like this reminds me a lot of like continuity. It does. And yeah. I wonder like how conscious Jansen is. Like, are you thinking of Neil Adams as you're like drawing a Batman comic? Yeah, this this piece absolutely right here. The color right palette now. feels like it. Mm-hmm. 
ridiculous. Klaus, he's a real storyteller, man, and he's he's not he's not in the game to like sell splash pages and stuff. You know what I mean? Like like imagine if one of the image dudes was working on this page. It would be this giant spawn, and that dragon would be like in the background somewhere. Like that is what's cool about seeing a tried and true cartoonist like play with that character because he handles it earnestly you know like the cape has reasonable drapery yeah it's nice it's it's very exaggerated it feels like a spawn cape but it doesn't feel like a mcfarland spawn cape right this todd klein lettering is is off the chain also man he just creates fonts like he just creates new typesets whenever he needed like he never used this anywhere else probably Bad, bad mother effort, dude. Yeah, it makes me wonder, like, if you look at those H's, like, is is there a spawn font? Did he get a spawn font from Tom Orzakowski at this point? He must have, because those H's all look the same, right? They have that little left top. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to look. Oh, the left bottom looks different. The, I'm looking at the A's. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I might it's take different. it back. Like the E's look different too. Yeah. So I guess he's just hand lettering and approximating it. When uh, you know how it goes, man. Like you could probably digitally take a bunch of your E's and put them on top of each other, and they're close. The yeah, whole, it's, the whole it's, point of lettering is consistency. It's impressive if that's um, hand lettered. I, I guess maybe it is. Like '94. Is that when this is? '93, '94. Yeah. These T's are different in this. Yeah, I bet you it's all hand-lettered. Those A's are different. Yeah, I that's, think, that's I think cool. it's hand-lettered. If you ever get to meet Todd Klein at a convention, you got you got to you got to go up and check out his stuff because he has some cool lettering like uh, lithographs and prints mm -hmm. where he does a lot of hand-lettering and it's just very beautiful stuff and certainly worth supporting. You know, how does a letterer make any money at a convention? Yeah, like, really. Like uh, that's the way. He's a guy I'd like to talk to. Me too. Because, yeah. I mean, he's he's also one of those dudes that's, like, really good when he was before digital. Yeah. And then continues to be successful post-digital, so he gets that transition in there, too. But a lot of history there. The weekend we invented Cartoonist Kayfabe, we, uh, he was he was sitting behind us <laughs> at, the, at the little that's dinner. That's true. <laughs> and we were, like, uh, little girls, dude. Like, uh, all right, I'm going in. <laughs> hey, Todd, what size do you adjust your aims guide? You know, that was my icebreaker. I can't tell if that's uh, something that he's heard 500 times or if that's genuinely like, all right, let's talk shop. This is good. I, I bet, bet there's not a lot of hot Ames lettering guide talk these days. Yeah. Uh, dude, if your own editor is asking you what font you use, they don't know about the Ames guides. And just to uh, put a capper on it, the dead go back into their graves. The end. <laughs> Yeah, there's some green effects coming out of Spawn and everything as well. And Spawn is that a, Batman cape, by the way. Yeah. Talking about capes. It's damn near golden age, huh? You it's gotta, like you gotta, if you're hanging out with Spawn, you kind of got to match his cape intensity. <laughs> and uh, because it is Batman Spawn, it's uh, Spawn signing off, talking about how cool Batman is, how selfless he is. The kind of man Spawn will be. The kind of man I'll be. <laughs> the end. And, and, and we can't sleep on this great Mr. Thrifty skeleton that Klaus drew right there with those severe stegosaurus-like spine bones, bro. Oh, man. Foreshortening on a skeleton with that, that giant femur in the foreground. 
almost anybody involved in this book thing. Oh, they were like... If you're an artist, at least you've seen like all kinds of weird shit to draw. But if you're like the writers, three writers sitting in a room trying to explain this to each other... And then how does that work, man? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll write page 1 through 10, you do, you know, 11 through 20. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an artifact. <laughs> I don't know that it's any worse than the McFarlane Frank Miller version. No, of course not. I, like, in fact, it might be better. When, like, when, that's not a very good comic. That comic made me mad at the time. When everybody's getting together, it's like, listen, you got... You're 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 coming up on your you know twenty fourth year of your twenty fifth year roof right you need to you need to fix your roof you need to uh, get a new washer dryer like we're we're gonna take care of that man yeah I don't think anybody was upset by the paycheck that came out of it I'm sure but I'm just saying you know we've talked about crossovers a lot what are the good crossovers that's a good question has, has, has that to... come back I feel like there must be some consensus like these are good crossovers and I don't have one ready to go put it out to the kayfabe audience man they always deliver uh I always hate to do that because I'm sure I'm forgetting like something that's obvious you know yeah. the Muhammad Ali Superman or whatever it's but that's one I could think of because it, because especially when it's intercompany like now you're messing with icons and you're messing with licensable franchises you can't do much right you can't do much in their own comics by themselves yeah why would you be able to do anything uh (laughs) and there's and there must be a lot of kibitzing between administration about like does my guy look like a punk in this panel or if my guy looks like a punk in this panel like your guy has to look like a punk in the very next one there has to be all that bitching man i Uh, wonder too like knowing stories about Todd McFarlane like working with Neil Gaiman for instance or whatever I can't imagine that he wanted to see this book or give any approvals or anything and also not the other way around right (laughs) so I wonder how that all went like the behind the scenes of these two crossovers and what was like DC had to sign off on the on the Todd McFarlane version right yeah they had to I can't imagine McFarlane being interested in this version. I, th- I feel like the way that he was able to make that happen was to say, one for me, one for you. Go ahead. Here, do whatever you here's want. Here's the deal. Go do what you do. I'm going to go do what I do. Yeah, he has Juan to handle that part. I don't know. Me. I'd be curious. Like, I don't remember ever hearing any big behind-the-scenes stories on this. So they worked out some kind of system, but I just wonder. Like, After San Diego, we're going to have to have Tom McFarlane back on the gimmick, man, and, and, and hit him with some questions about this <laughs> Some shit. of the hard questions about 1994. He's happy to talk about <laughs> it. You good to go? Yeah. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there? Hulk Grand Design is in comic shops everywhere. Perfect for the new first-time Hulk reader or the longtime fan. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, doing the whole Grand Design treatment to the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. Pick that up now while supplies last. Join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see more of my comics art and how I make comics. And come check us out at Heroes Con in Charlotte in late June. We'll be doing panels. We'll have a bunch of cool stuff there. So stop by and talk cartoonist kayfabe. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue one, two, three, and potentially issue number four are out on the stands as we speak. Murder on the dark web for fun and profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Banned in 28 countries, banned in 11 comic shops, but you can order those comics directly from the publisher at my link tree in the description below this video. Uh, There you will also find my Patreon where you can read the comics right now today and support the comic while it's being done 
created uh, 200 pages in the archive, more than 200 pages in the, in the archive right now. I put up new strips every Tuesday. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. And when we go to uh, Heroes Con at the end of the month, if last we were at Heroes Con with 5,000 subscribers and we see over a thousand, uh, over 100 Cartoonist Kayfabe shirts, how many shirts are we going to see? represented at that festival with 60 plus thousand subscribers after selling thousands and thousands of shirts. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be super cool. Give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way, Jim. Read more comics.